0: Right. hello my friends this Is andy andy coming to you live on a special edition of the living fearless show we're going to leave out the devotional part because we're not doing a devotional we're going to be talking about um radical islam and uh the war uh, of israel and hamas yes in yes. this particular episode but we do want to bring your attention to a couple things that are important that we do and that is our ministry which is resurrect Where you will find uh, our shows. There it is. Yep, right at the top. (laughs) Uh, Where you'll find our show and uh, and other resources to connect with God. Because uh, one of the things that you like to tell people is that you found him on the internet, on YouTube. Yes,
1: I met Jesus on the internet. So we love to help people connect and meet the Lord Jesus Christ because he'll meet you where you are. So if you have any questions that we can help you with, especially even after this episode, I'd be happy to answer them. There's so much information um that we're hoping to cover and for me especially i want to add a unique perspective as a former muslim and a counterterrorism expert so i don't want to repeat stuff that other people have said and yep. so to the extent we don't cover everything that people are curious about please drop us a line there's a comment section on the website we read all of those ourselves
0: and of course there's comments that you can uh, write down we're live on all the yes. different platforms facebook youtube uh, linkedin rumble um twitch and uh x formerly known as twitter we're on all those platforms so uh if you have uh, something you want to talk about on the show or ask us a, a question make sure and type it in the comment if you're watching the replay you can still do it uh, we'll just won't get it uh, of course while we are live um and then <clears throat> we have a sponsor called lifewise you want to make sure and check that out hit the link and go to lifewise where you'll find supplements that will help you sleep uh, take away some of your inflammation and um uh, some great vitamins that you just need one uh, a package of our vitamin called the One, the and one. Uh, that will take care of all your uh, vitamin needs. And StreamYard, this is the platform we're using right now to go live to you, which we love, and we love it. And it's so easy to use. And there's even a free version that you get if you just follow the link right down there. Get StreamYardNow.com. Get StreamYardNow.com. Make sure and use that link because it's tied to our show, and we will get um, credit for you visiting based on that link. Um, and so before we get started on actually talking about um, all the things that we need to uh, address in regard to Islamic uh, uh, you know, terrorism, the war, is that I, I think it's important because not everybody that's watching has watched us for several years. They may not know our story and, and where we come from and, and maybe why you should even listen to us uh, on these issues. Uh, but most importantly, I think it's important for people to know a little bit about your background video my wife, by the way. That's the first, first and number yes, one.
1: We have different last names. Sorry. That's just, that's my pen name. That's what I got. Um, I, I write under that name. And so we just never changed it over. And then there's this ongoing debate on what name I should change it over yeah. because half of his family's Falco and the other half's Jimenez. <laughs> so we actually never come to a conclusion. And Hedia Jimenez her Hedia Jimenez sounds so funny to mm. me. Um, nonetheless, yes, we are married. Uh, I um, was a devout Muslim for 20 plus years. And in that experience, I lived in Washington, DC. I worked for the government, I was a federal contractor. So I've worked under five presidential administrations in every branch, every federal agency that you can think of in the alphabet soup. Mm. Um, I traveled to 37 countries in the last 10 years of my career. And that's, um, so that's what I did. I was um, investigating, researching, writing, coming up with solutions to prevent terrorism in the united states and abroad uh based on my being embedded in a muslim community so i wasn't faking it um (laughs) i wasn't faking being a muslim though some people accuse me of that uh but it was they went hand in hand so that relationship my belief system my desire to protect this country were um were, were tied to one another. And so I kept trying to find solutions to the problem because I wanted to protect my community and I wanted to protect this country until I met the Lord Jesus Christ and my whole life changed and now I'm a homeschool mom. <laughs>
0: There's uh, one part of your story that I, I love to tell people and in, in that is that you knew so much about uh, Islam that you you tried to warn our government about what was going to happen on 9-11. You tried to tell them that uh, yes. Osama bin Laden was a problem and they told you that you were crazy.
1: Not only that I was crazy, but why do you want us to interfere in what looks like a marital dispute between one faction of Islam and another? Wow. Yes. A member incredible. of Congress said that to me.
0: Oh, you don't want to tell us who?
1: Um, Jackson Lee. Sheila Jackson Lee.
0: Huh. Yeah. Democrat.
1: She's still still a person. She was quite senior back then. I don't know if yeah. she still is.
0: Well, yeah, that, that doesn't stop anybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, She's right up there gosh. with
1: the rest of the Tales from the Crypt.
0: So quickly, my background is 21 years of law enforcement, um, of course, in our area in Anaheim, where I was a police officer. Um, and although we didn't uh, investigate terrorism. Uh, and, well, we did later on. Uh, but uh, we have an area in Anaheim that people probably don't know of. It's called the Gaza Strip. <laughs> um, that is just off Brookhurst, there between Lincoln and uh, Catella, for the most part. Um, but um, detective, uh, f- uh, sex crimes detective, um, this um, this aspect of my uh, my career, my training, uh, I will address in my discussion when we talk about the difference between people that are in a religion that's based on love and another religion or faction of our society that's based on hatred. And so I, I dealt with a lot of people, especially when you when you're looking at sex crimes and um, and, and crimes where people uh, just don't seem to care. Uh, it, base. It's based; it stems from uh, a little bit of demonic, obviously, uh, behavior, but also hatred. So we'll be talking about that. I also have continued uh, for the last forty years uh, been involved in police dogs, but um, also an expert where I testify in court cases. This is valuable in these shows, is because my my daily life involves investigating criminal activity, both uh, on the criminal side of things and the law enforcement side of things. And so that gives me a unique perspective in training and um, uh, experience in investigating things and uh, making sure that we uh, get to the truth uh, at some point. So with that being said, uh, I wanted to first address something that when Hetty and I met, uh, we were at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills um, separately. Uh, we were standing in line for an event called um, uh, non-essential. And I, I we, we ended up being in line together and we looked at each other and, and that was it. We've been together ever since. Uh, it wasn't long after we met that I found out that she was a former Muslim and uh, that she worked for the government. And uh, I think it was one of the very first things, and I'm not sure if it was during those first minutes that we were sitting at the church or later on, that you said, you know, the problem with these wars uh, and the relationships uh, between the United States and the Middle East is that our government doesn't understand. They don't understand um, religious based um, conflicts. Right. And uh, that's why I don't know if you did. I, I'm going to add this, but that's why we just don't seem to win. Uh, and don't, right. we can't get a handle on it. So, you want to go in a little bit more detail about what that means?
1: Well, I, I think it's because they just don't see the world in divine terms. And mm-hmm. so, for every problem, and we see this now in Israel right now, what people are saying to Israel ceasefire, political solution, peaceful solution, territorial integrity, um, divide up the territory, problem will go away. No. When it's a divine conflict, when people are fighting on behalf of God and you don't understand the terms of engagement that they're in, Um, then you always come up with solutions that don't work. So, you know, everybody thought when you handed Gaza over to Hamas, they would, this is the expression in DC, they will moderate, political power will moderate them. And those of us who know Islamic radical theology are like, no, that just emboldens them. It gives them a base. It's kind of like uh, what happened with the Taliban in Afghanistan. I mean, actually the Taliban in Afghanistan is a brilliant example. We spent 20 years, blood, sweat, toil, millions, billions of dollars to change that mindset. And what happened? It never changed. Mm -hmm. 20 years later, the Taliban has not moderated, has not changed, came into power and is doing the exact thing they were doing 20 years before that. And and for some people, that's mind-blowing. And for others, it's like, no, but that's what they told you their doctrine is. It's just like with communism telling them, once the communists come into power, they're no longer going to be communists. They're going to become capitalists. Well, what? Why? Why would you think that? And so because our State Department is overwhelmingly atheist. Um, wow. Yeah, overwhelmingly. They do not get religious conflict. They don't have a... Deep understanding of what religious conflict can bring about, and as a and as a consequence, we keep coming up with solutions that never work.
0: Now, I don't. I don't want to parse your words, <clears throat> as you know, but that's my specialty. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but when you say atheist, you mean true atheist, not agnostic, not people that or have fallen out.
1: secularists, mm. secularists, possibly agnostic, but yep. religion does not factor into the equation
0: in, in any of their thoughts.
1: No not in their policy, and not in their solutions. So when you draft policy, coming up with how do we negotiate between the Palestinians and the Israelis, if it's land, if it's always about economics, politics, money, um, and territory, then if you don't take religion into it, then you're never going to get to a solution. But because of what they believe to be the separation of church and state the inability for the establishment cause to establish religion, which is a very, very minor component. Um, They just avoid talking about religion. They avoid doing anything to do with religion.
0: Mm. So, you know, one thing I learned uh, from uh, different things that I've done on the internet and and speaking engagements is we don't want to always assume that our audience knows uh, all the aspects. Some people just turn off the news when something that conflict happens, they just say, you know, I don't want to know. What's happening? Um, and they, they, and, and you know, it, it, it's just some people don't want to follow the news. <laughs> they don't want to know what's I'm happening. Tired, they, they like I mean. to be in their little tiny world too. And so, I just want to make sure. So overwhelming. We're, we're talking about this is Israel, which is the white part and the West Bank there, and the gray part. And then we have Gaza, which is a very small part uh, of this uh, area uh, that we'll be discussing. So I just wanted to make it a very clear map so you can see exactly what we're talking about. Gaza. Uh, has a, a large number of people. Um, when we think about Gaza, the Gaza Strip is one of the most densely populated areas in the world. Over two million people live in an area of about 227 square miles. Los Angeles is like 300 square miles, so just kind of give you an idea. There you go. Um, it is roughly as dense as London, England. The population nearly doubled between 2000 and 2020, uh, from 1.1 million to 2 million, and right now there are over 2.3 million people living there today approximately 17,000 people per square mile. Uh, And then 99% are Sunni Islam, which is their official um, religion. Sunni Muslim. So can you tell us a little bit about that, uh, about the differences between the sects of uh, Islam?
1: Well, honestly, I don't think it's quite so relevant for this discussion, Hmm. except that people should understand that historically, Um, Hamas, since it's Sunni, was supported by the Sunni Arab states, and that Hezbollah um, in the south of Lebanon, north of Israel, is Shia, and so it's controlled by Iran. So Iraq, which is also predominantly Shia, but has a very large um, Sunni population, is um, now kind of Partly supported by Hamas, partly, uh, partly Sunni uh, extremists, partly Shia extremists. So when you're trying to figure out on the balance who's going to support which side, um, Iraq is now probably going to fall on the Shia side. Hmm. Why is that relevant? Because if this turns into an apocalyptic conflict, um, we, we may see the Shia and Sunni factions fighting each other. The,
0: the Sunnis are a little bit crazy which we're going to talk about, filled with hatred.
1: hatred. So let's look at
0: the area that we're talking about. So right here in the middle, uh, now you can't see my pointer, but in the middle you'll see that orange, bright orange, that is Israel. We can't see Gaza, the Gaza Strip, because it's so small. It's actually in the black line uh, on the uh, western side of Israel, the western point there. But here they're surrounded by Egypt, Jordan, maybe a little sliver of Saudi Arabia, uh, Syria, uh, Lebanon. And then you have the Mediterranean Sea and um, and then you see Iraq, which Eddie was just talking about this there to the right. So you got Israel, uh, which is primarily a Jewish state uh, surrounded by. uh, (laughs) Islam (laughs) and the different sects that are around there, and it is really interesting that that is the 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 situation that we have here. If we uh, then go to a little bit smaller map. 18%
1: Eighteen percent of the Israeli population is Arab. That's uh, divided between Arabs, and, uh, Muslims, and Christians. By the
0: way, and I, and I just want to point out down to the left it, is Egypt, um, and up at the top you can see a little gray area. That's the Gaza Strip. And I just want to bring up that they, what what the Americans, with us, uh, what we have been saying, and what um, Israel has been trying to do is get Egypt to open their border to let even a piece of it to let. You know some of the population uh come into egypt but what's what's interesting i don't even know if it's interesting the fact is egypt does not even want what would they would consider is the population of palestine
1: at all <laughs> well all. in jordan and lebanon since the war 60 years they're still in camps yep yeah. They have not been assimilated into the population. Some of the most corrupt and dangerous parts of all of Lebanon are in the camps. So um, and same in Jordan. So Mm. they don't they don't even allow them to eventually get citizenry, even despite that they've been there for decades. So just imagine what that does also to the psyche of the Palestinian people.
0: You know, so yeah. they
1: they're they're in a constant state of battle and war and homelessness and um, just a, it, it, just what that does to somebody who's trying to adapt, survive, and just find goodness in life. Mm-hmm.
0: You hitting on a point I want to hit in just one second, but one thing I want to tell you is I over the last week or two, I can't remember how long we've been in this. Is it three weeks now? Um, you, you go to look for information about the history of the area. It, it's like trying to search for facts on COVID. It, it's just, you, you you go to a website and it's you know all about the oppression of the Palestinian people. Uh, it's about how horrible Jews are, that they must die. And you're going, wait a minute, this is like a-
1: Propaganda. This is like
0: an NBC website. Like <laughs> 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 It is so difficult. But uh, essentially, if we look all back to 1947, now, it was called Palestine, but we know from our Bible that that area was Israel um, well before it was Palestine. Uh, and you may have some more information. And, you know, it's interesting
1: because I, when I looked this up, it wasn't actually called Palestine. Mm. Was there actually a country called Palestine?
0: No, I think that no. was the name that they gave it. And okay. now, again, we're getting in get an area that we probably neither one of us should get into because we don't have that part of it. it it's hard to find yeah. uh, you know, some of this information. But they just simply changed the name when Israel went away in our Bible. Uh, and then the other, the Muslim faith took over, they started to call it Palestine and that that's the best I got. And so it became Palestine, but then world war II came, uh, the Jews, um, were obviously slaughtered and they needed to, um, to go somewhere and the solution no, I hate to say they solution. need to
1: go. No, they need to go back to their homeland.
0: They need to go back to their homeland. Thank you. Which solution sounded le- was the, the land? The solution God, was the other thing,
1: which is what God <laughs> gave them yes. for thousands of years.
0: Correct. So there we go. Then it becomes Israel, uh, and as you can see, over time from 1947 uh, to 1967, it expanded uh, more. Uh, it, it, Israel took over more of the land, and now you see where we're at present day. Where you have a little sliver of Gaza, and then in the West Bank you have these little communities of uh, Palestinian communities there, um, and so that's kind of the, the if we were to at least go to that area, that's where the conflicts uh, kind of stem for when we're when we're looking at it from a land standpoint, that the Palestinians are saying we these, these colonists came over and colonized our land. Um, and 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 the conflict is, wait a minute, this was our land before you, and then this is where we get into the arguments, and nobody can really uh, agree on whose land it was first uh, and whose it is now. It's kind of like what we hear, uh, you know, from the time of Columbus coming over to uh, North America. Is it really the Indians? The the colonists, you know, we took it over uh, from the Indians, and it's very much a, a very similar situation. Now, people argue, say, you're trying to conflate two different things, but again, it's an argument when we're looking at, how this kind of really started to blow up. It was because of that, because of this, this land issue and this colonist uh, type of situation. Anything else you want to expand on as far as that's concerned?
1: Well, my understanding is that we didn't have a proper Palestinian state and the Palestinians have um, historically been countryless. So it is, it is also an anathema for them at this point to declare. So um, also, according to what we learned as Muslims in Islamic history was that the settlements that were in Israel, um, the Palestinians were selling them the land. So before this, the creation of the state in 1947, the settlements of Israelis, of Jews coming back to that land was land sold by the Palestinians themselves. Mm. So they allowed Jews to resettle. Now, there was this overwhelming settlement after the state was established but at this point i think it's i think we've got, when you understand messianic doctrine islamic messianic doctrine then you understand that this is again a theological a, a long term theological battle that we're not going to be explaining away in territory
0: mm-hmm.
1: or politics that's inevitably what it comes down to so Sorry. we'll get to that
0: yeah um, let's get to a couple of our, our people here. We got Carrie news is on Iris is on nice to see you on a Saturday hey, morning. Ladies. She's looking forward to what we're and doing.
1: hooked on Jesus. Yeah. We got, uh,
0: Carrie again, thank you for talking about this topic. Uh, and she says.
1: Hadrian was changed from Israel to Philistia in order to remove the memory of Israel. Yeah. That's a great fact.
0: The memory of Israel. Israel, again, being their first. (laughs) Uh, Hooked on Jesus says.
1: How would you explain the mindset of Gaza citizens that desecrate dead bodies while celebrating Hamas? Is there really any difference between the Gaza Palestinians and Hamas? Mm -hmm. Great question. We're
0: actually going to get to that. Yes. Uh, In many different ways, because that's really the crux of everything else is is to what makes this different and what makes us different. And maybe the Jews uh, in Israel different is so important. Um, So do you want me to get to that part of it? The these slides uh, in regard to love in regard to love and hate whatever you'd like to start there I think this is important because it, it I have um, obviously seen some pretty horrific crimes where somebody suddenly hated somebody so crimes of passion perhaps uh, we're watching a show where this lady you know she her husband cheated on her in a, in a fit of rage she thought she was pushing him off the cliff and pushed off his lover the cliff <laughs> and in these fits of rage you have momentary lapses of morality. Um, But when we're talking, and this goes a little bit to Hooked on Jesus' question, is that when you have both a hate-filled religion, perhaps, and then constant bombardment of of hate-filled messaging to hate another uh, portion of our community or another religion or another people group, then it it becomes ingrained in the soul. It's no longer something that comes out of a momentary hatred. This is a this is by design and it becomes Uh, just who you are becomes part of your makeup. And so hate, when you have this filled hate, and I just put this together, this isn't off of any website, so I don't have anything to refer you to. This um, is just something I wanted to share with you from my knowledge is that uh, hate will cause an individual to ignore basic moral behavior. Moral behavior doesn't seem to exist with people that have been filled with hate. And, um, and it's been, again, it's, it's altered their DNA. Uh, they ignore truth and facts. And the reason I, I want to come back really quick, the reason I wanted to say that DNA is because it, it, there's many thoughts that we are born, Jesus gives us, uh, God gives us a, a, a sense of morality. Um,
1: a way of knowing God, a, a way of life. knowing God. Yeah. So
0: uh, there's this, uh, argument Wrapped sometimes, in sinful flesh. how do people that grow up in the middle of the Amazon, you know, how, you know, how will they know God? they're going to go to, they're going to go to hell because they don't know God. No, uh, God has, has made it um, possible for them to have some sense of morality.
1: Signs but, in the heavens. But
0: when you are bombarded and we'll get to what happens in Hamas and uh, in, in Gaza and just a, a bit, but that morality seems to go away. Um. They ignore truth and facts. We see that here in the United States uh, by, you know, just obviously since the the, the pandemic. Um, they kill even the innocent in the name of their cause or belief that that, that no longer matters, that the innocent uh, will die at their hands without even a, without without even flinching. Uh, they kill without warning. Uh, they don't say, hey, you know, do this or we're gonna kill you. No, they just come in and kill you because they've uh, developed this hatred for you and use of force uh, to get you to, and they will use force to get you to believe their truth how how often have we been hearing people say this is my truth right no, no there is the truth <laughs> you don't you're, you're you're gonna just continue to bombard me with insults that try to get me to believe your truth is is kind of their uh, way of attacking things now love what tends to be the obviously the christian faith and, and even the jewish faith is that um Level cause uh, an individual to attempt to reason with the opposition, people that don't agree with them. We will try to reason with them. We'll try to share information with them and maybe do, go into a little apologetics to try to to share with them um, the truth of something. Um, we also, unfortunately, we begin to compromise in order to bring peace. That happens a lot, unfortunately. We,
1: which is usually good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't bad. I'm not saying these things are bad. Yeah. But this is who we are. Uh, we feel guilt for fighting back. Um and, uh, and 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 sometimes when somebody tells us to feel guilty, we go, oh, okay, I guess we should feel guilty because now it looks like we're the bad guy. Uh we will often warn before we fight back. We feed and give water to the enemy uh because that's what love does. And we often care for the enemy. In other words, if somebody's injured, uh we care for them, we just don't usually finish them off and say, well, you're gonna die anyway. We They're try to save that all life.
1: biblical principles.
0: And so those are the things that we you gotta really take into perspective. That, again, I think people forget. And so when we get into Hamas um, and the Gaza Strip, is that since they're since they've been children, uh, we, I've seen video of them teaching small children in elementary school uh, to hate. The Jews hate Christians and we got their bits both. It's just not Jews hate the christians too and um it is again is it is a bombardment of this information uh, of hatred Uh, if you uh, want to did you want to talk about how uh, islam also perpetuates hate in the followers
1: yeah so this is a complicated subject so i want to i'm definitely not an apologetics expert i know um i have a degree in islamic doctrine and i've taken my Christian faith very, very seriously and try to learn as much as I can. So I'm gonna to try to um, to tell you also about Islamic doctrine from the perspective of somebody who used to be a Muslim and as many family members that are still Muslims. So there is a huge debate, as you can imagine, similar to Christianity about doctrine in Islam, um, whether the Quran is supposed to be interpreted literally, whether there should be exegesis, interpretation of scripture, whether scripture has been abrogated, so there's a concept of abrogation, which is scriptures that came in a certain period of time were abrogated, were nullified by the advent of new scripture, and therefore the scriptures, for example, about war, Surat Toba, the um, chapter nine, that those are abrogated. In other words, the most the the most critical of Jews and Christians are in cha- are in chapter nine were abrogated by the advent of new scripture to make peace. So these are all based on schools of thought. And so depending on whether you're educated in Islam at all, or you just are normatively Muslim, like you're culturally Muslim, or you belong to a particular school of thought is basically what you're gonna be brought up believing. And so let's say the overwhelming majority of Muslims are not educated about Islam. Hmm. They came into Islam um, as, culturally, they were born into the religion, they go to mosque, and depending on what's on that podium, what's on that, on that um, membar, we call it, uh, is what they're going to be ingesting. And so a lot of times, it ends up being very political. So it's not really truly teaching doctrine, it's teaching about Israel and Hamas and uh, free the Palestinian people, and other topics that are just... Um, definitely not love-filled um, and that are inspiring hatred. So um, the let's go all the way over to Islamic terror doctrine. So Islamic terror doctrine, whether it's Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Hamas, ISIS, Al-Qaeda is basically saying there is no abrogation. All, this, all the verses about war apply now. We are at constant war with the unbelievers. Hmm. The Jews and the Christians are not Ahli Kitab. They are not people of the book because they have engaged in polytheism. They accuse even the Jews of of, uh, worshiping, of calling Ezra, the prophet Ezra, the son of God. So they basically say everybody is a polytheist, is a pagan. So there are no Ahli Kitab people of the book. And therefore, we are in a constant state of warfare because the peace treaties have been broken. And as a result, we're in war doctrine and basically we're in a war footing. And in Islam, and this goes to the John Jesus's question, war, war in Islam is not uh, combatant against combatant, at least not anymore, especially according to the jihadists. It is about brutality. It's about scaring your enemy it is about overpowering your enemy however you can so there are no such thing as civilian populations there are there is nothing that's off limit and the brutality I was gonna um I was telling a friend of mine that if you think what they did to uh, Israel is new it's not just go and ask Indonesians or Nigerians what they do to their tribal leaders so
0: uh Christians. Well, but those
1: are Christians yep. ask other Muslims what they did when they conquered their territory hmm. so in other words when um, Islamic terrorism came to take over from normative cultural moderate Islam they hung their tribal leaders on trees desecrated their bodies pulled out their guts and left them hanging there for three days until the stench freaked everybody out in the tribe the the idea was you will convert or die and if you die it's going to be nasty Hmm. they would rape the women they would take them as slaves they would take them hostages i mean the islamic terror groups have done this across asia and africa for decades so the the brutality is part of unfortunately the terror doctrine that these groups espouse because ultimately they see the world in a binary fashion in other words there are muslims and non-muslims and they're working towards the day when everybody will be muslim or they die hmm. So the average Muslim, so like I was in a traditional Sunni sect. The idea was we do not bring about the apocalypse. We do not bring about the return of the Messiah who is coming with Jesus, by the way. Um, We do not bring that about, but when it happens, there will only be Muslim and non-Muslim. There will only be Muslims and people we kill. Mm. Like either they come to the faith or we kill them. Mm. They will be the followers of the antichrist. And so it's really important to understand that when it comes to terror groups like Hamas, that is what they're working towards. So when you when you look at the Palestinian people and you say, well, they appointed Hamas, do they know this? I, I mean, who knows? Do they know it? Like, do they know, do they read their manifestos? Do they know what their doctrine is? You know, like from the, from the sea to the sea, we will throw every Jew in the, you know into the sea, into the ocean. It, it, it will cease to exist. Like, do they take them seriously? Apparently not. Or they do and they don't mind. But either way, you cannot say that when they're voted in as a political power, that they don't um, have a responsibility to know. The people. The people the Palestinian people. I'm not saying they're all evil, but they have a responsibility to know at least the fundamentals of who they just voted at office.
0: Well, when you put 2.3 million, is that what I had in there earlier? 2.3 million people. And what, how many people actually run the government? Right. 100, 200?
1: is yeah. that. I
0: mean, you'd say, well, shouldn't they? <laughs> I mean, it, it, at some point, if you can see, well, our, leaders are evil um we need to change them change it yeah. we need to take them but out you don't see any of that no
1: well and i mean like and i heard iranian dissidents that have made a brilliant point of saying hey people iranians do not side with the palestinians do you see them uprising against hamas are they like us the iranians are saying like do you see them fighting back no like there's there are no reports of Palestinians rioting, protesting anything against Hamas and their leadership at all. So you can't say that there is this vast disconnect between the Palestinian people and Hamas.
0: Well, one way that the government will create even more hatred and, and, and make sure that their people will follow them is, again, through education, which they, they've done. Right. They then pull up all the water pipes and turn them into missile launchers so that now the population doesn't have water. And when they don't have water, they they blame uh, Israel They say, well, Israel is holding back the water Um, when they're starving. They say, well, we would feed you, but Israel doesn't allow us to bring in food. Right. And so it's just this continuous bombardment of why they need to hate Israel through not only faith uh, and not only through education, but through their circumstance.
1: A very simple example, the Lebanese camps and the Jordanian camps. I lived in Lebanon. Um, my daughter's father was Lebanese. Um, they, uh, the food, all the aid, all the humanitarian aid, every supply that comes through is managed by the head of the camps, by the, by the authorities, and is never distributed to the people. It comes free. Okay, so the UN sends the food free, but they don't get it. So, they have to actually go to the camp, the marketplace, and buy it. So it came in free, but they have to buy it. and they buy it at exorbitant prices. People, the big joke in the Arab world was, if you want anything from the West, you have to go down to the camps to buy it. You know what I mean? But imagine, imagine that these people are starving, they're homeless, and their their resources are being held hostage. And sold at exorbitant prices even though the world is donating this stuff to them and yet they do not rebel
0: well there we go um again we go back to my slide about the difference between love and hate so that they live in a world of hate that that takes everything from them and blames it on somebody else and yet we still continue to give. now i'm not saying joe biden is a, a loving man however he did go to israel and then while he was flying back home gave um, Hamas, well, Palestinians, $100 million, but their def- the defense uh, um, uh, presser, uh, he admitted, he goes, well, yeah, it, there's a good chance that Hamas will take that money and use it for evil. But yet they still continue to give it. But And
1: it, well, let's point out, yeah. Israel asked us to do that. Right. So it was the generosity of both nations. Israel just didn't want to do it. And they said, can you guys be responsible for the humanitarian relief? And we said yes. Yeah. But those are again Christian principles to feed our enemy, um, and do you, you, do you, we're not going to we're not going to stop who we are.
0: Is there any point in your history um, there in in all the different places you were at uh, in Washington D.C. where you just simply say, "Listen, I mean, you just can't keep doing that? <gasps> is it is it like in our like, all is the it, time? Is it and so. Like you're going you're you continue to do this thing if you want to win we we have to be a little bit more cutthroat the bible doesn't say that when we are under a track that we can't be cutthroat
1: that we can't respond
0: that we can't respond accordingly yeah. but yet we still think no we gotta we gotta give them some food we gotta give them some water uh when we're talking about after everything we laid out of why the community has not risen up it's because they're indoctrinated they've, they've been brainwashed into believing what their government tells them is the truth. Kind of and, like the left. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly. That's how I was going to end this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> is that, um, is it, okay, wait, it, there's nothing we can do about this right now. We know so it's going to look bad, but we have to stop giving them food. We have to stop giving well, them So water.
1: this is what I was thinking to myself. That's yes. what it, it, This is what I've been grappling with for days now. Mm. Um, there was this quote from Ben Shapiro, and I don't know if I kept the quote, but he's like, there is no political solution. All there is, is destruction. Um, and that there is no, there is no mediating, there's no compromise with Hamas. But if you take us back to um, the you know, Wolfowitz and um, the time under uh, W, under Bush, when we went in with shock and awe into Iraq and Afghanistan, we leveled those countries. Level them, uh, and we didn't eradicate terrorism, nope. and we didn't solve either of the problems that we were looking to solve. So,
0: because we left the population as a whole,
1: well, we couldn't control the population. Right. I mean, the funniest—I'm sorry—it's not really funny, but it was—it was somewhat entertaining. Um, I was in many a war room in uh, the Pentagon before we went into Iraq, and there were these whiteboards of the board of education, energy, and who we were going to stick in these slots. And then right after the war and the shock and awe campaign, they couldn't turn on the electricity. Like literally there was no electricity because when they were taking out the Bathis, when the Bathis ran, which were the people under um, Saddam Hussein, nobody knew how to run the power plants. <laughs> like the, like the simplest infrastructure things just collapsed. So, it, I mean, that's just indicative of how hard it is to take over a country. Um, I was in Afghanistan when we tried taking over um, Afghanistan, and that was, a, that was a real crap show, um, and we still never accomplished it. Mm-hmm. So what is Israel's solution? Like, even if they, level, if they level the Gaza Strip, they will not eradicate Hamas.
0: Do you have a, um, any ideas of why... During President Trump's four years, through the Abraham Accords and all these types of things, that he was able to keep the lid on these warring nations. What, what, what's what's the difference? I, I have some, you know, ideas, but not enough that I could probably articulate. But it, it's there's there's got to be a way because he was able to do it for four years, and I, that, I know it doesn't seem very long, but it's very long in our history of
1: well, the Middle East. Let's let's clarify. So. We did have ISIS when he came in and he went around bombing the hell out of those parts of um, Syria where ISIS was entrenched. He sent more troops um, to try to solve that problem. And then if you recall, when Bashar Assad had um, planned to attack, I can't remember what part of um, ISIS or it was in Iraq or it was in Syria that he planned to attack, Trump blew up at the airport right and he's like i'm telling you you do that again and i'm gonna knock you into next tuesday um and i think I he also
0: said i'm not sure if it's the same leader but he said I, here's a picture of your house he oh, showed him a picture he showed him a picture of his house <laughs> he said well, he's playing in the backyard <laughs>
1: he know. goes
0: you see this he's it's, it's like a mob a mobster <laughs> yeah.
1: see this and and that's something that people in the middle east understand they understand brute force they understand a man who stands by his word. And I tell people the similar story where Mike Pompeo said, when he went into Egypt, he said, hi, my name is Mike Pompeo and I'm a Christian. Um, And they had a tremendous amount of respect. They're like, he's a baller. Like he just announced in the middle of a Muslim country, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. Um, And so I think that definitely had a positive effect. People thought of W that way too because of the invasions. People thought he meant business when um, he went into war. And I think what happened after that was that the politics stepped in and we were trying to find diplomatic political solutions to problems because we just became neo-imperialists. We just invaded but didn't have the stomach to actually establish a country. We're like, wait a minute. This is supposed to be like Germany or Japan. I'm like, wait, we're not. We we do not have the stomach to do that all over again. Right. And then we left.
0: It's like a football so, game. You're you're playing hard until you get to the twenty yard line, uh, just a little short of the end zone, and you just say, Yeah, uh, we're just going to do nothing.
1: Right. I'm not going to do that. You know, like I don't I don't want to be an invader. I don't want to yeah. be an imperialist. Right. Well, then you shouldn't have decided you're going to level the country. Um, and I think Israel's grappling with all of these questions. So if they level Gaza, are they going to go and occupy it? Are they taking it back over? In other words. You know, I mean, these are the kinds of hard questions. So there are no easy answers when people say, you know, why isn't the ground invasion started? They're scared. There are all these tunnels. People are gonna die in the tunnels. There's, you know, miles and miles of tunnels. But it's also, what is our end game? Yep. And meanwhile, I think it's really important to understand that the Muslim world and the Christian world, we're looking for the, we're looking for the advent of Jesus, you know, the coming mm-hmm. of, um, of Yeshua, and so they are also so the messianic Islamic belief. They're also looking for Isa to come, and it's in the same region that they're expecting. And so some of the, for example, when people cite uh, the most the most hate filled of the Islamic doctrine, they they're citing Hadith where he says, um, the messianic doctrine. Okay, it is it is narrated in the Hadith. The hour will not begin until you fight the Jews, until a Jew will hide behind a rock or a tree, and the rock or tree will say, oh Muslim, oh slave of Allah, there is a Jew behind me, come and kill him. So it's, that's the end time doctrine because the Muslims are waiting for Jesus to descend, not in Jerusalem, they expect Jesus is descending in Damascus. And that he's going to come and tell everybody to accept Islam, that Islam is the true faith, and that everybody who does not accept Islam, so it's not quite clear what happens to the Christians, but they do mention that the Jews join the Antichrist. Hmm. And so there's this big battle of Armageddon in the same region in Jerusalem, but each side is calling the other side the antichrist right
0: so these are the kind of discussions that if you uh back in your dc days would try to go okay listen uh whoever you're talking to i need right. to explain this biblical stuff they would just right. say you were
1: eyes would gloss you're, you're, you're crazy
0: yeah <laughs> but you gotta but they don't want to understand but these are what the people that you're fighting believe right and this is what you don't want are willing to accept and willing to understand right um i have a question before we, we got a few comments that i want to get to but you know, going back to our discussion about how Trump was effective over uh, other leaders is that he really did threaten the leaders. Uh, What I understand, (laughs)
1: showing us that a picture of his house would be very effective.
0: Yeah. What what's uh, how this has been directed either through, um, you know, uh, the mullahs in Iran or even even leadership uh, from uh, the Gaza Strip. Those people leading it aren't necessarily even there. And so they're they're willing to tell all these people, hey, go over there and and you know parachute in and do all these things or you know ride in on a motorcycle that kind of stuff. They they, they have no skin in the game. They they are happily sending these people in, and so the, the leadership important. it doesn't mind making martyrs of their people, but they they themselves aren't necessarily willing to be a martyr.
1: This is where we have a problem. Mm-hmm. So okay, if we understand the difference in the Sunni Arab states. So if we take Saudi, Qatar, UAE, Egypt, and Jordan, their leadership are pragmatists. They are not um, interested in a war with Israel or the United States. Um, They want to make money. They want their people to be relatively happy. Um, They want status quo. They are not interested in an all-out Armageddon war with the West or with Israel. Iran, on the other hand, is... So they are apocalyptic, messianic. Their belief surrounds around the, the um, success and triumph of Islam over the rest of the world. So what do the Sunni Arabs do in light of the fact that Iran looks like it's is getting more successful and will bring about this world domination of Iran? They can't have egg on their face. They can't look like idiots they can't mm. look like they're doing nothing and they definitely can't be siding with israel right so that leaves them in a very bad bind because if you look at the protests on the streets of lebanon and in jordan and in kuwait they've got a powder keg brewing because their people are listening to the guys in the mosque saying Jihad is coming, Jihad, we're fighting on Allah's way. The end is near. And their, whole, their masses are being attracted to that message. And they're like, wait, can't we all just get along? That won't work. They they will need and have to respond. And that's the, the part where the rest of the world gets dragged in. We are in no matter what, because we support Israel. Um, that's why our aircraft carriers are out there. Mm-hmm. but. Um, the big 10 pound gorilla in the room are really the Arab states.
0: And that's kind of that's going to bring me to my point. And that is that you have, we have a, uh, this dude in the white house, right. And, uh, the, his whole administrations so are unwilling to even discuss Iran in the same breath as the Israeli Hamas war, uh, even maybe in, in the Arabic state, other Arabic states and, um, and not even bad-mouthing egypt for not really letting people in they're not i mean they're so unwilling to bring them into this whole thing and they're laughing my this is my words at how we're we in israel are bending over backwards trying to f- to solve this problem yet why aren't not, we? not very trumpian he'd be why, why aren't we going okay oh, hey, people this is in the middle of your world this is your you deal backyard. with it you better make this stop or we are going to stop sending you money. We're going to stop buying your oil. We're going to, here's pictures of all your homes. And uh, you guys need to take care of this stuff because these are your people. What is, what is that? I mean, there's another part that I'm trying to avoid, but I I don't think that I can. There is a portion of our country, and I might, might even say a little bit of Israel, that they, and this is, I'm trying to think of any way to say it. I can't, they want war. That, that war is a money maker.
1: Oh, sure. It's war a is complex.
0: is is just something that we need in their mind, and and they're trying to figure out how can we have it and yet not.
1: Or if you don't even want to say that they want it, but we can't avoid it. It's part of who we are. It's what yeah. we do. That's how we solve problems.
0: It, did, people just went broke for the four years that Trump was in was it was pre- was in business was a president. Well, they just it wasn't the they're...
1: people got wealthy but the military industrial complex went
0: right right I'll never forget that
1: um yeah I'll never forget when Trump was not filling positions um he didn't fill like 30 40 percent of all the positions so when um SES so when the senior executives change each administration I I always tell the story that you know we sit in think tanks waiting for Mm -hmm. the new administration so Many people were sitting in the think tanks being like, OK, Trump, when are you going to appoint me? South Asia, Near East. I want my. Pr-. And he just wasn't filling them because he didn't want to. He wanted to re- reduce the you know how many people that upset that upset thousands, all, thousands of people because yeah. they were like, wait a minute. This is the way this works. Don't you understand? We want those jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? We want to make money. We've been waiting on the outside. This is how we finish out our career. And so it's the same, it's the same thing, whether it's the bureaucracy or it's the it's the wars or it's the grants that make the wars, because there are NGOs waiting for the money to give humanitarian aid. There are development organizations that want to build new cities after we level them with the bombs. Like there's a whole infrastructure of people waiting to profiteer. It's like the
0: NGOs at the southern border. You know, They're making tons of money off of this.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. The refugee resettlement agencies are making a Ton because what we just increase their quota again, they get you know five thousand dollars for every refugee. So there's a whole there's a whole financial complex, and that's why when people Larry Elder asked me a question, he said, "Can you, is this possible to change?" And I looked at him and I said, "You know what? I don't really think so. I mean, I've been on every end of that complex, and I don't see how it's possible to change."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When, pe- when you're talking about multi-millions, if not billions of dollars changing hands over every conflict and every solution, I don't see how you stop that, that machinery.
0: So just kind of if we can hone this back in just a little bit, uh, is that we have this area here. We have this little small little um, Israel you know, surrounded by mm-hmm. Muslim states. And... You got the little tiny, uh, little bit of uh, Gaza there in the lower left. And then that, there's that aspect of it. So you have this area, which is on fire constantly, the, 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 the Muslim countries or the, the, the warring factions of, uh, of Islam, they they've been in this mindset for thousands of years. It, it's, it's not 1400 years. 1400 years. Uh, so that hasn't changed. Um, every so often the lid comes off of the, off of the bucket and fire breaks out and war breaks out and then somebody puts the lid back on for a little while yes um so that that is a fact what our government is unwilling to understand is the biblical aspects of this or the the, the religion aspects of this
1: theological aspects yes, the
0: theological um both and, sides
1: meaning right not yeah. only ours but theirs
0: and there's either an ignorance to it or just an unwillingness because they're profiting from it Have we-
1: and Mm-hmm. um what they believe to be legal restrictions from dealing with it
0: last part i want to hit before we take off
1: oh i have another part i want to hit too oh okay you can't even get to the current modern day the protest the- <laughs> well that's, i think that's,
0: that i think that kind of fits into what i'm talking about okay. um in because of what you're about to talk about and maybe it's better that you talk about that first because it, it's where i'm going to go with the left because of it with the left uh is um is something i think is important for you to probably go first to talk about should we look at the comments first i don't necessarily want to oh sure um we have rob smith who's left but he says uh i'll watch more later blessings i have a relative oh this is who supports palestine says the jews hate the christians and want to get rid of them and israel is creating genocide it's kind of a kind of <laughs> a know what to do with that one yeah that's
1: uh, uh well the jews do Um, there are many jews that hate christians because they believe um that uh it, the holocaust
0: yeah but they're not going to fly because, in by parachutes and cut our heads off no type of hatred no they're not, not like that kind of, this of no. yeah it's a completely different thing uh carrie says
1: um i couldn't really understand this question so carrie if you don't mind rephrasing it um they consider the book eternal and godlike it's it stems from god for them Absolutely do they don't they either have a duality God or two gods the book and man No I mean there's nothing godlike about man so mm. um, they believe that uh, the angel Gabriel recited the Quran to Muhammad so there was nothing godlike about Muhammad he heard it and wrote it and he was illiterate
0: supposedly oh. Oh. Jesus thank you for the detailed answer you got it You're lucky because that actually was our show <laughs> <laughs>
1: unfortunately i don't trust the news anymore and i do trust you both oh thank you mm-hmm. and the knowledge um was helpful about this unending conflict and thank you for being willing to share it's our pleasure mm-hmm. actually we're we we're quite blessed because um the folks over at real life network at pastor jack hibbs network asked us to do a show so um i'm just so happy that they asked us to do that
0: yeah they said jump we said how hi yeah and i and we jumped uh erica de novo says
1: uh found you guys through jack hibbs podcast so glad i did you two are adorable and very relatable god bless you and your family <laughs> thank oh you. thank you erica that's super
0: sweet i don't know that i've ever been called adorable i'm gonna take that
1: it's cute I yes. love it. all
0: right so let's bring this down to how this affects us i guess is the best way to put it. yeah Eric.
1: so the protests uh I was a Muslim right after 9-11. I'll never forget walking the streets of DC and having these two black girls, it was my first incident, Uh, two black girls um, yell at me walking down the street saying, oh, you friggin' camel jockey, go back home. And I yelled back, what home are you referring to? (laughs) (laughs) because I wanted her to hear my accent, you know, (laughs) um, or lack of one. Yeah. Or lack of one. And so I I turned to my friend and I was like, isn't that amazing that two African-American kids who parents probably suffered from lynchings, you know what I mean? Are now at the point where that's what they have to say Mm -hmm. to me. We were so frightened after nine 11. We were so frightened to be in the streets. We didn't know what would happen. And for many, many years, you were wearing years, a head
0: cover. I just want people yes. to get the. I was wearing a head Muslim. cover.
1: I was in a community that was very conservative, um, and we were taught: keep your head down, um, go about your business, do what you got to do, um, and just let people know that you love this country and you're super patriotic. Like that was that was very important. Mm-hmm. And even so, that was the attitude across the Muslim community in the United States for the most part there was always the Islamic activists, the Islamist, the Muslim Brotherhood faction, which were a small percentage, but extremely loud. They were extremely loud. They had the microphone, they had access to the press, and they were putting out a message of Islamophobia. That's where all the Islamophobia came from, you know, persecution of Muslims. They fought a battle that the rest of the Muslim community was pretty much like, okay, Let's just stay out of the fray and let these rabid dogs deal with this, you know? And for the most part, everybody kind of left it up to them to do it, but they were small and mighty. They were small members and had lots of money. So you would never see the protests that you see now in support of the Palestinians 10 years ago. Fast forward to today, after COVID, after the BLM riots, after the fight um, uh, for George Floyd, And suddenly, and I think it's the tribe also, um, Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib in in Congress and AOC also defending that cause, that the Muslims have what we described back in the days that um, I was doing national security was radicalizing the middle. Because people constantly ask me, what's the percentage? What is the percentage? Is it 2%, is it 5%, is it 10%? How much of the community is radicalized? And I would say 10%. And then i said but we're radicalizing the middle and they're like what do you mean how do we how are we radicalizing the middle and i was like well the more they have the pulpit the more they're allowed to indoctrinate the more nobody does anything the more the radical the middle gets radicalized if someone were to ask me that question now after what i've seen on the t- i mean i walked the streets of la and i had to rush my mother home because there were thousands of people protesting in defense of the palestinians in front of the israeli embassy right outside of beverly hills just two weeks ago two weeks ago unheard of unheard of and it's that's what i define as radicalizing the middle so if somebody were to ask me now and not only that i look at my, my instagram page is is all christian i'm i'm basically just it's all about jesus but my daughters has a lot of people from our old life old friends and I look at their posts and everything, safe Palestine, free Palestine, um, when are you going to liberate the Palestinian people? And I that was unheard of 10 years ago, because right. that's what we would consider a moderate community expressing those sentiments. So um, what does that mean for us here in the United States? It means keep your head on a swivel. It's Be careful. Um, understand your surroundings. Um, be aware of your surroundings. Be Vigilant in um, your friends, your contacts, your children. You know, we had an incident with one of our children where you're just kind of like, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, like, be careful who you choose as friends, be careful what you get involved in. Uh, it is really, it's a different world than it was um, even just five years ago.
0: The problem is, and I think you found this out in your investigations in counterterrorism, is that we have a number of uh, children um, and college age young people who have been are being taught to hate this country and whether they're lgbtq whether they are simply socialists marxists that um, they find themselves in these protests against israel and for hamas when in fact as lgbtq Hamas would do nothing else other than cut their heads off just like they do anybody else. So it is really an unusual time that we have these groups of people that hate, that eventually will be exterminated if they get get their way and do free Hamas. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, allow Hamas to take over. You're
1: asking to liberate the people that will exterminate you like I don't even understand I don't even know they understand the irony a, they're of just that. so
0: uneducated there's no education going on in our education no system
1: because we're arguing over bathrooms
0: yeah um it's, it's just it, it's just crazy and so now we have the influx of methan fent, uh, fentanyl um being added to this thing we have suicide we have um uh you know psychological uh, problems being created through, again, our education system, not just bad education, but actually creating psychological issues, depression, uh, confusion in who they are, not just in sex, but in a number of other uh, uh, issues too, um, that uh, we are headed down, I think, I wanna ask you, this is a question for you, is that in your experience with all this terrorism and radicalization, and I think you just answered the question, do you know of any other time where it has been ripe for uh, just a demonic takeover in our country and essentially in our world? Does it seem Well, my different? point
1: of reference is only as long as my lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, other than what you read in history. Um, so I know I'm very concerned based on Uh, as a former theologian of Islamic doctrine and Islamic extremist doctrine, I'm very, very concerned at the sympathies that the Muslim community is expressing towards violence. That's very, very worrisome because when you are up against 1.2 billion people, uh, even a 5% is a lot of people, you know? So it is extremely alarming for us to be in that kind of trend. And I don't remember in in as many years as I've been doing this, that um, it's ever been that bad
0: Mm. for sure
1: in this country, especially
0: it may have been only two or three weeks ago. I I was speaking on another show that I was doing that. I was just, I still thought that it was necessary for us to be careful when we go into a country like uh, the Gaza strip and just indiscriminately begin to start bombing and taking over. Uh, I'm, I'm beginning to change my mind. Uh, and and, and uh, I could be even wrong. after
1: my analogy to I could wrong be wrong. These people
0: have yeah. Just, but
1: what's going to come in its place? I don't
0: know. Literally, Hamas. but we can't not do we we can't not do
1: something. But everybody's Hamas. You remember the expression <clears throat> that um, oh um, uh, my researchers. I did a lot of research in Afghanistan, and when I asked them a very common expression that they would say. Um, they were both Afghan, so they yeah. spoke in Dari. Uh, when they would speak to people, they would ask them, so how um how close are you? How much how much of a relationship do you have with the Taliban? And they looked at her and him, they were a husband and wife couple, and they said, We are all Taliban. Yeah. So that's if you I think if you went into Palestine, you hear the same thing. We're all Hamas. Like yeah. there is no separation of Hamas from us. And yeah. so go back to that original question, bombing, you know, it into next Tuesday. What are you going to accomplish? Are you prepared for nation building? Are you prepared to go in there and do a martial state
0: and actually do it? We don't ever actually do it, though.
1: No, no. And neither will Israel.
0: Mm. Oh, that's the thing. That's what I mean. You need to go full on.
1: Yeah, but nobody. You either got to do, to do it
0: or not do it. I mean,
1: we had the we yeah. had oil from Iraq. We had the biggest oils, uh, you know what I mean, yeah. reserves in, in the world, and we still left.
0: <laughs> well, we left billions of dollars of military yeah. equipment too. So but then, they're now. Well, using why the would we
1: take this little piece of desert?
0: We're not going to do it in the way that we're doing it now. No, nothing's good's going to come out of how we're handling it now. It's just going to be. But pe- there are the, no the, the, good solutions.
1: Mm- I mean, if and I think the Israelis are smart enough to know that. And I think that's why the ground invasion is taking a while, because they want to go in strategically to get the prisoners. You know, I don't think they want to level it into, you know, ashes, um, because they're going to be the ones that have to go lobby to rebuild it.
0: I think the, really the answer is, is they just need to call Trump and say, can you come in and handle this situation for us? And then and then we'll go back to ruining our country right. because the, this is not not helping. Uh, I just want to cover a couple things that just uh, some facts that you may not know uh, real quick is that um, they were given drugs uh, many of these fighters uh, before they went into israel on that uh, on october 7th Um, and it's called captagon it's a phenethylene a synthetic amphetamine type stimulant trafficked through turkey uh, to the consumer markets in the arabia peninsula uh, known as the cocaine of the poor (laughs) <laughs> allowed the terrorists to commit heinous crimes and uh, with a sense of calmness and indifference simultaneously kept them uh, highly alert for extended periods of time and suppresses the appetite so they wow. can go and fight. Uh, I've come across a, a few people in my day that, you know, fighting with them, wrestling with them and even shooting them. Uh, people on PCP, which is probably fairly right. similar uh, to that type of thing. It's uh, it's a a super hero not hero a superhuman uh situation that it, it just really is it it's crazy that what the body can do when it's under a certain type of a stimulant but, but dying from a gunshot wound is part of it is a is mental people just say oh, i'm shot i'm dead and they die <laughs> uh, people that are on a center you because i know this only because i've seen people that have been high on pcp you shoot them and they don't die <laughs> They just keep going, <laughs> and it's the craziest thing. And so, uh, by giving them this, you like that show
1: we saw that man that kept getting shot and never died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
0: must have been on that stuff. But um,
1: or no, just having the mental resolve not to die.
0: Yeah, yeah. I me mean, I'm going to come back to this comment in one second, and then um, just uh, kind of a little of a, of a map, really quick, is that when you hear by sea, by land, by air, you can see where they were able to go. So Gaza Strip, obviously, is along the Mediterranean Sea, and north. Uh, from uh, the Gaza Strip, they were able to come in and attack a, a city named Ashkel- Ashkelon. Uh, and then through air um, is this black line where they came in with parachutes and that's where they went into, um, uh, I think it was NetBot, I can't remember which one or sod, where they um, found those group of kids that were partying uh, at the rave and the rest are those red lines. They came in uh, by motorcycle and Jeep and car and that kind of stuff and by foot. Uh, to take to go into some of those um, areas of uh, what are they call again uh, kibbutz. Um, kibbutz, kibbutz and uh, slaughtered those people, uh, and so these are those areas here. That, oh, Nova Festival, Ram. There you go. It's there on the right hand side. But uh, much of those people were, uh, much of the uh, Palestinians were high on drugs uh, when they came in there and did that, and so you're not only fighting people that nor- on a normal day are radicalized but they were high as a kite on something that caused them to be um, superhuman. And that's what they were dealing with on that uh, particular day. Uh, Many of the things that they did cut the heads off, the raping uh, is from their faith. It's not just shooting them. No, They had to do those other things because that's what, at least I read, now, Again, I'm not a scholar on Raping the Quran. Is
1: definitely, not, it's definitely not in the Quran to do that. Mm. But it's terrorize the enemy. Terrorize the enemy. Yeah, and I mean, it, but again, the extremist doctrine takes that to just new heights. You know, mm. their their interpretation, their redefinition, redefin- and how widespread that is, um, it metastasizes, It becomes like cancer.
0: Mm. So how about if we end on a little bit of hope, unless you had something more. Oh, we had another comment, sorry. I'm gonna end on hope in just one second. Let's go to disaster first.
1: <laughs> uh, Paul said, to be at peace with all men, if possible. There comes a time when a Christian needs to take a stand and fight. This is a spiritual battle we cannot shirk. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against uh, powers and principalities in the heavenly realm, but um, I came with a sword, the Lord said. Um, and if you do not have um, a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. So there are certain scriptures about battle that the Lord had referenced and uh, knowing full well that there would come a day um, when we may be engaged in battle and and our obligations to country uh, as well. So, um, yeah.
0: My sword is an AR and the uh, 45
1: ah look at uh, now i think the israelis are going to rethink their gun policy because i that's one of the first things i said oh my goodness none of these people had weapons like yeah, they took nothing, their weapons you know and how how much better would they have been able to defend themselves if at least some of them had weapons
0: they used to be a well-armed militia group or a well-armed community oh really
1: I yeah mean, i don't know anything about that history so. um
0: well back way back in the day i mean they were able to protect every one of them i think you were actually it's mandatory you're in the military, if I'm not That mistaken. is
1: still the case.
0: Um, and just like, uh, I'm not sure if it's Switzerland or Sweden, it's one of those countries, they too, they, everybody's armed. And that's why they have such a low crime rate, Is because everybody's armed in the country. Trained military um, to go to battle at any point. Know. Like, obviously, one of those is a, a neutral country, so I'm not sure which one it is. But I did a whole research, I just can't remember the country. But the countries that have armed uh, population, uh, you don't, you won't see them being taken over. You won't see the problems and that's exactly what they're trying to do here in the united states uh, so now back to my uh hope. my point is this uh i think we need to give people hope through prayer because yeah. god is our hope god no is matter what happens no matter what, no what war is we're engaged in god is amazing amen um, and so calling you to prayer ah
1: uh, okay heavenly father thank you for this time to spend um with your sons and daughters and whoever may not know you lord that, that's the only solution uh, The greatest of all solutions is that whether you're a Jew or a Muslim or an atheist, that you meet the Lord Jesus Christ and surrender your life to him. So that is our prayer. That is our uh, prayer for the Israelis and for the Muslims, that they meet the Lord Jesus Christ and that they find peace and salvation in his name and that they realize he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to meet the one and only God um, but through him. And meanwhile, Lord, we ask for peace in our hearts as we watch all this travesty and and the suffering and that you give us um, that you inspire our hearts with what role we can play. We cannot stay silent. Um, That is what happened during Nazism, where the Christian community stayed silent, Lord. So we ask that you give us a bold and courageous spirit uh, that we will defend our, our Jewish brothers and sisters and that we will defend um, their cause, and uh, that we will not be swayed in that, in that defense. For we know that you are their; uh, they are your chosen people, Lord, and that you defend them and you defend the land of Israel. You gave it to them thousands of years ago, Lord, and um, that is in your word and that is in our hearts. We love you, and we uh, thank you for all that you will do in and through us. And we ask for your heavenly protection, your wall of fire. Uh, your heavenly host of angels that defend and guard our homes and our lives we love you it's in the mighty name of jesus that we ask all things amen
0: amen all right my friends we appreciate you joining us please share uh, out this broadcast for other people that may want to hear a different perspective than maybe what they're getting and other platforms that would be awesome we love you guys
1: thank you God bless. god bless